Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking another Thursday, February 2nd. Hey, it's Groundhog Day. The Thursday, February 2nd DFS slate for college basketball. I say DFS because, uh, believe it or not, FanDuel College Basketball for full lineups is back. They are offering full lineup contests for this Thursday night. So I can't just say DraftKings. It is going to be FanDuel and DraftKings for this slate. Now on this episode, when I refer to prices and when I refer to fantasy points scoring, I am referring to DraftKings scoring and prices just because that's been the app that I've been using all year. However, I will say I will be playing contests on FanDuel even though it's a little bit of a smaller slate, I do like that they have it back. And FanDuel, you know, the way they do pricing is a little bit different. Sometimes there's easier ways to find value. Um, so it is still fun to play FanDuel, you know, DFS college basketball. So I will be throwing my full support behind it. I will be um, playing some FanDuel contests as well as DraftKings for this Thursday night slate. Now, if you would like to see how I piece my lineups together for both FanDuel and DraftKings now, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I'll be putting my official final DFS picks on there. Uh, I did have a pretty good night with the picks that I shared on Patreon tonight. Uh, I say tonight because I am recording this late Wednesday night. I did have Kobe Brown of Missouri on there, Desmond Claude of Xavier, and Jared Bynum of Providence, all who gave you extraordinary value on the slate tonight. So um, if you played all of my picks tonight, you could have won yourself some money. I'm not promising that every night, but I am promising to give you a well-thought-out, well-researched build that can help you get better at DFS and maybe win some money along the way. So anyway, if you're interested in that, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I drop some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the show, and I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sick questions if you reach out to me on Twitter. Now, I will also say this week that I will be doing the Saturday show again since it was so well received last week. Um, so Friday night, I will be recording um, late at night uh, to get out a preview to you guys for the Saturday DFS college basketball slate. So um, make sure you stay ready for that. That's pretty much the main content that we have coming your way for the rest of the week here on Mike's Money Picks. All right. So enough talking. We got ourselves a 12 game slate that is honestly going to be pretty tough. So uh, not a whole lot of value on this slate, if I'm being honest. So let's go ahead and see if we can find some. But first, quick word from our friends at Anchor. Now, before we start the position-by-position position breakdown, let's go ahead and point out some games that we want to target here on this slate. So the game to target, unfortunately, is not on the FanDuel slate. It is on the DraftKings slate only, and that is Santa Clara at Gonzaga. Two of these teams are honestly two of the fastest teams in the nation. Gonzaga is ranked 36th in tempo, and Santa Clara is ranked 52nd in tempo in the nation. That's out of all 363 teams, according to Ken Palm. And so the total in this game is pretty steep. It's at 160. And if that sounds a little high, I really think it's a fair good number because the last two times these two teams played in Spokane, Washington, there was 157 points scored in that game. So 147 in round one, 160 in round two seems like a reasonable projection to me. The other game that I do want to target, and I really am going to talk about a lot of players in this game, y'all, because I think there's a lot of value to be had in this game, and that is FAU at UAB, the clash between probably two of the best teams in Conference USA. Quick side note, um, I mentioned this before on the show, but I graduated from UNC Charlotte and, you know, we're in Conference USA, and basketball's been kind of a struggle for the last half decade. And Charlotte's finally got some really good players. They're looking really good. And, of course, it's the year when Conference USA is probably the best that it's ever been, and they're sitting in the middle of the road in the conference. But anyway, um, FAU and UAB, two quality teams. The total in this game is 148.5. UAB is one of the 20 fastest teams in the country. 
The last time that these two teams played, 194 total points were scored. So a lot of points being scored in that one. I expect there to be a lot of points in this one again Thursday night. Now, the other game that I do want to target is Oregon at Arizona. The total in that one was is 151, according to Vegas. The last matchup was one of the more surprising results of the college basketball season. It was an 87-68 to 68 blowout in favor of the Ducks in Eugene. Uh, this one is in Tucson with Arizona at home and with revenge on their minds. So I definitely expect this one to go a little bit differently. I expect Arizona to put up more than 68 points. All right, now let's start the positional breakdown. So let's start at the guard position with the top of the board. And at the top of the board tonight is Santa Clara's Brandon Podzemski. And if you haven't heard that name before, you probably should. He's a very quality player out there in the West Coast Conference. Uh, he's got big upside for us in DFS. He's got two games over 50 fantasy points this year. However, I don't think the matchup against Gonzaga is great. He only had 33.3 fantasy points the last time these two teams played. So I think that... If you're looking for somebody to spend your money on big tonight, he's not bad, but I think there's other options. I think a more balanced build might be the approach tonight instead of spending all the way up to some of these guys at the top. Speaking of these guys at the top, UCLA's Jaime Jaquez continues to be just a little bit overpriced on DraftKings, in my personal opinion. He's only hit four times value for his current salary three times in his last 10 games. We talk about that number a lot. Four times value is like... If you want to cash in any college basketball lineup, you're going to need four times value, right? Now, granted, one of those times that he hit value was a 60 fantasy point performance against Colorado, so he does have that upside going for him. Last time against Washington, he had 37.8 fantasy points, and that was a 25-point blowout win for the Bruins, so Jaquez didn't really do a whole lot in the second half of that game, and so I kind of think he has upside for more. He gets dual eligibility to play guard and forward, so he is a very versatile piece that you could get into your lineup tonight. And of all the high-priced options, like I said, I still think he's a little overpriced, but I think he is one of the best options at the top of the board on the slate tonight. Now, one of the biggest question marks on this slate is going to be the injury status of UAB's Jelly Walker. Um, he is Conference USA's like probably favorite for player of the year at this point, and it's weird because it's not easy to find updates on his injury. Um, so I would try to see, you know, quick Twitter search. I always recommend, you know, following John Rothstein, following uh, there's some college basketball fantasy injury accounts out there. Um, there's people you can find on Twitter that have information, but it's currently tough to find. So I mean, my guess is closer to game time. We will have more information on Jelly Walker's status, but if he does play, I think he's in a pretty good spot against FAU. If he does not play, like seriously lock in Eric Gaines into your lineups. Eric Gaines is averaging 34.3 fantasy points in games that Jelly Walker sits. And for what it's worth, this is not a bad matchup in terms of tempo for UAB. I mentioned that UAB is one of the faster teams in the country and Florida Atlantic is in the top half of Conference USA. So this is a better tempo spot than about half the games that UAB plays. Wichita's Craig Porter Jr. has back-to-back -back 40 fantasy point performances, but I'm going to be honest, I don't want any part of playing anybody going up against Houston. So um, I'm just going to pass on that one if I'm being honest. Now, another situation that is interesting is the two USC guards, Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis. I think they're both solid plays. They both had 
decent if unspectacular outings against Washington State in their first matchup. Drew Peterson had 33 fantasy points and Boogie Ellis had 27 fantasy points in that first game. But what's interesting is Peterson actually had more shot attempts than Ellis in that game, which has only happened twice in the last seven games. Ellis tends to be the alpha offensively. Peterson tends to rack up his fantasy points in other ways, rebounding and assisting. So oddly enough, I kind of think that Peterson taking more shots you know, kind of bodes against both of them scoring fantasy points, which is weird, I know. But Peterson does so much in terms of rebounding and assisting that he gets you points when he doesn't shoot the ball. Ellis gets you points when he does. So I actually think both of these two are in a fairly solid spot. And if you're looking for a balanced build, one of those two guys is a good place to start it. Now, in the 7K range, I really like Marcus Sasser of Houston. Uh, He has two duds recently, but Really, that's only just keeping his price down. He has plenty of upside. He has a lot of big performances on the season. If you need evidence of that, he's reached five times his current salary twice in the last six games. Wichita is a tempo up matchup for Houston. I think they're in a good spot, and I'd like Sasser a lot in this game. Also in this 7K range is UCLA's Tiger Campbell. He had 37.8 fantasy points against Washington last time. That was a season high in fantasy points for Tiger Campbell. So while I don't necessarily think he will repeat that, he doesn't have to repeat that amount to reach four times value. Oregon's Jermaine Cousinard, Cousinard, Cousinard. I'm going to go with Cousinard. Oregon's Jermaine Cousinard is starting to look like a GPP guy. In his last five games, this is kind of wild. In in terms of value, he has one game of five times value. He has two games of four times value, and he has two games under 15 fantasy points. That is a wide range of outcomes. Now, hear me out. Guess who was the opponent in the game he hit five times value? Yeah, that's right. It was Arizona who he plays Thursday night. So I think that this is a decent spot for him. Like I said, I don't expect Arizona to come out flat and lay an egg to Oregon again. But if the Oregon offense is still cooking, Jermaine Cousinard can have himself a nice performance. But keep in mind, he brings with him a wide range of outcomes. I would only recommend him for GPP purposes where you are trying to hit a home run as opposed to trying to play somebody who's going to get you consistent fantasy points. The 6K range has a lot of guys that I like. Speaking of the Oregon-Arizona game, in that last matchup in Eugene, Kirk Creese of Arizona had 28.8 fantasy points, and Courtney Ramey had 26.5 fantasy points. And that was a pretty crappy game for Arizona, and both those guys were able to hit value. Oddly enough, both of these guys have better fantasy performances on the road than at home, which is kind of strange, but this game is at home in Tucson, and like I said, I expect the Arizona output offensively to be a lot better than it was the last time they played Oregon, so I think that Creason and Ramey are both in pretty solid spots. FAU's John L. Davis is one of my favorite plays of the night on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I think he's priced up a little bit too high. He's priced up by Marcus Sasser, who I mentioned earlier, and Sasser on the season just kind of blows him away in terms of production, but I still think John L. Davis is in a really good spot even if he is overpriced on FanDuel. He excels in tempo up games for Florida Atlantic. And the last time that these two teams played, the last game against UAB, John L. Davis had 47 fantasy points. So John L. Davis, if he can keep that up in a really good spot, he's got the tempo up and he's at a really affordable price on DraftKings. He is one of my favorite plays of the night. Now, looking down to the 5K range, Gonzaga's Nolan Hickman is worth a look. He had 31 fantasy points last time they played Santa Clara. Another play that I like in this range is Lamar Odin Jr. of Drexel. He gets dual eligibility, so he's a flexible piece in your lineup, period. And 
looking at his game log, it's been super erratic, but his shot attempts are fairly consistent. So it all boils down to, you know, A, are his shots going in? And then B, you know, when the offense is working, is he contributing with rebounds and assists? And usually those two things are kind of correlated for him. And he tends to have big games or not so big games. I would be lying if I said that I had watched a Drexel basketball game this year, but I think just by looking at the game log, looking at the box scores, I think I have a pretty good picture of how his season is going. And I think that like, um, who was it that I mentioned earlier? Like Jermaine Cousinard of Oregon, I think he's a solid GPP play, and I think he definitely can give you a little bit of salary relief. With that dual eligibility, he can play guard or forward for you. That's Lamar Odin Jr. of Drexel. Washington's Keon Menafield is also worth a look to me. He has back-to-back games of five times value. We've talked all season about how Washington's rotations with their guards are anything but consistent, but he seems to be the flavor of the day right now, and I don't mind going back to him when he's on back-to-back five times value games. Looking down to the 4K range, Rain Smith of Charleston feels like a bit of a misprice to me. I have no problem going to that. And then Tavin Levon. I hope I'm saying that right. Tavin Levon of UAB is a very live option if Jelly Walker sits out of this game. In the five games that Jelly Walker has missed due to injury, Levon has averaged 17 fantasy points in those five games. That's a fairly solid profile for a guy at his price tag. Like, we'll take with 17 fantasy points out of a guy in the 4K range. Looking down below, this is kind of rough, like, honestly. Um, not a whole lot of options down here, and I really do promise that I looked for him, y'all. Wisconsin's Jordan Davis has shown some upside in previous games, but he's anything but consistent. Just, I mean, if you're looking, you know, to throw some darts and maybe you get one lucky one, Jordan Davis would be a guy that is a pretty live dart, in my opinion. And then Arizona State's Austin Nunez is kind of the opposite. He doesn't have any real pop performances, but he's at a point where he's seeing consistent minutes and he's getting production about four times value for his salary. And I think he would be more of a cash gamey play at this range, whereas Jordan Davis might be the more GPP play in this range. All right, that does it for the guard spot. So let's take a quick breather and then let's start breaking down the big men. All right, looking at the top of the board at the four position, sits a guy who has spent a lot of his career at the top of the board for the four position, and that is Drew Timmy of Gonzaga. Feels like he's been there for about seven years, and he's still playing really good basketball. However, he only had 37 fancy points against Santa Clara the last time these two played. I don't mind going to Timmy, but I don't think this is the best spot in terms of like individual games you could play him in. I mean... I mean, I think he's always a solid option, but I just, I don't know, 37 fantasy points doesn't exactly wow me. I think you can get more points per dollar elsewhere, but I don't mind paying up for him if you're looking for somebody to pay up for. Arizona's Azulis Tubelis is next up on the list. He only had 28 fantasy points against Oregon last time, which is pretty bad for a guy his salary. What I do like about Tubelis, though, is he is pretty much guaranteed a fairly hefty workload. He hasn't taken less than 12 shots in a game since Christmas, and he performs better in home games, unlike the Arizona guards. So I think he's probably a pretty good contrarian play because I think a lot of people are going to look and see his game log and see that he had only 28 against Oregon last time and think that it's not a good play, but I actually think it does. I think that he has some other things going for him. Like I said, the guaranteed workload back at home, I think he's in a fairly good spot, and I don't mind paying up for him either. Between the two of them, I might not play either of them, but I would probably pick Timmy if I had to pick one of them. Michigan's Hunter Dickinson is in a rematch against Northwestern in which he had 39.8 fantasy points against Northwestern the first time they played. If you don't want to pay all the way up for Timmy or Tabellus, Dickinson's not a bad option. 
A guy I really do like in the 8K range, though, is Drexel's Amari Williams. He feels like a fairly big misprice to me. Speaking of misprices, just to get this out of the way, every time DraftKings does mid-major games, there always seems to be a few of these misprices. Now, whether or not these guys actually end up playing well, you know, they don't always end up playing their best basketball, but there's always guys that just seem to be lower at price than they should be. And I tend to play these guys a lot just because, you know, law of averages, if they play to their average, they're going to be an okay play for the night. And I think there's three at the four position on this slate. I just mentioned Drexel's Amari Williams. I also think that Keyshawn Justice and Ante Berzovich are also misprices at the four position. Let's just go ahead and get those two out of the way. Also in the 8K range for big men, Oregon's Nafali Dante had 45 fantasy points last time against Arizona, which is kind of nice. But like I said, I expect this game to go a lot differently than the last time these two played, so I wouldn't be banking on that to repeat itself. Ohio State's Bryce Sensabaugh is also in this range. I played him a lot lately, and he feels like kind of a lock to get you 30 fantasy points, but he lacks upside to get you much more than that. So if you're a cash game type of guy, I think Bryce Sensabaugh makes sense as a really smart play. Now, heading down to the 7K range, UAB's KJ Buffin and Trey Jemison both had pretty crappy games the last time they played against FAU, but both of them do see increased usage without Jelly Walker in the lineup. So I definitely think that if Walker does end up sitting, then both of these guys are live options. And then a guy that I really want to talk about, because he's even cheaper on Fandle than he is on DraftKings, is Wisconsin's Tyler Wall. Start out the season with all this hype, and a lot of good performances, you know, played in the battle for Atlantis over Thanksgiving, had some decent games in that. At the start of Big Ten conference play, was really playing well also. But he's been kind of bad lately. He's underperformed in six straight games. But I think this is a fairly good spot for him to get back on track. This Wisconsin team really needs to get their season back on the rails. And they need to get back to where they were playing in November and December. Well, guess what they were doing in November and December? They were getting Tyler Wall, the basketball, in his hands. So um, I think I would rather be early on this train than late on it. And so I don't mind playing Tyler Wall here on this Thursday night slate. If you would rather be like, hey, you know, I need to see it first before I'm willing to go back and play him, then that's fine. I get it. But if you want to, you know, find a guy with some upside to win you a GPP, it could be Tyler Wall because he's done it before. We've seen him do it before. He just hasn't done it recently. So I also think that the matchup against Ohio State isn't a bad one. It's a tempo up game. And I could just kind of see this being Tyler Wall's not necessarily return to glory, but just kind of, you know, let's get back on track type of game for Tyler Wall. In the 6K range, there is a big contrast of styles between the center position, the two players playing the center position, in the Ohio State and Wisconsin game. Zed Key of Ohio State is a big body, and he operates off of strength and his footwork. He's deceptively quick for a guy as big as he is. Stephen Crowell of Wisconsin is very long and lengthy, and he kind of uses his length and his height advantage against opponents. Well, guess what? Key's going to have a strength advantage, and Crowell's going to have a height advantage. It plays into both of their strengths. I don't mind going back to either of them. Both of them have shown the upside this season to really pay off their price tags in the 6K range. Between the two of them, I would probably go with Zed Key, but I definitely think both of them are definitely options in this game. A guy that I also really like in the 6K range is UCLA's Adem Bona. We've talked all season about with Syracuse and Washington, teams that play heavy 2-3 zone, we like big men going against that 2-3 zone. And Adem Bona is 
UCLA's big man. He had 26.5 fantasy points against Washington last time. I think he's in a great spot to repeat that performance. We would absolutely be okay if he does that again at his current salary. In the 5K range, the only forward that I really like is Robbie Barron of Northwestern. Uh, he had 29.5 fantasy points against Michigan last time. He's been a fairly consistent performer, and I don't know. The 5K range is pretty bleak for the forwards, if I'm being honest. Heading down to the 4K range. One of my favorites here is Giancarlo Rosado of FAU. So this is kind of a trend that if you watch FAU play a few games and then you go back and look at box scores, it kind of makes sense because I have watched this FAU team. They've got a big guy, Vladislav Golden, who is great. He's a seven-footer. He is fairly skilled, and he's got an advantage over most of Conference USA when they match up, you know, pound for pound, like height for height. Like he's got a physical advantage. But when FAU plays up-tempo games, Golden doesn't play a whole lot of minutes. He struggles to get up and down the floor for multiple times, you know, as the game goes by. And so when FAU plays up-tempo games, those minutes go to Giancarlo Rosado. And if you need evidence of that, last time they played UAB, which is who they played Thursday night, which is one of the fastest teams in the country, Golden only played 11 minutes. Giancarlo Rosado played 26 minutes and had 23.5 fantasy points. I think this is a really under-the-radar play to go after Giancarlo Rosado of FAU in this very up-tempo game where he's going to be stealing minutes from the big fellow of Vladislav Golden. Now, down below Rosado, it gets pretty ugly if I'm being honest. Cal's Sam Awajiki is a dart throw with a little bit of upside. There's a few near-punt plays that have a little bit of upside. Terrace Reed Jr. of Michigan, Max Merle of Stanford, they're both there. I mean, they've got a little bit of upside. I just, I don't know. I probably won't get there in either of them, but if you're looking in this range, those are two names that stood out to me. Now, there was one name in this range that I actually did like, and that is Vincent Iwuchukwu. I believe I said that correctly. Vincent Iwuchukwu of USC. He's only played in five games so far this season. In his last three games... He's played over 14 minutes in every game. In his last two games, he's combined for 30.1 fantasy points. It's an average of about 15 per game. And I'll be honest, under $4,000 on DraftKings, I'll take 15 fantasy points from somebody at his salary. So if you're looking to throw a dart, that's the dart I would be throwing is Vincent Wuchukwu of USC. All right, that does it for the breakdown of the forward position. If you want to see who makes the cut for my official DFS picks for both DraftKings and FanDuel, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, make sure you stay tuned the rest of the week. We will have more college basketball content coming your way here on the podcast and also on Twitter, so make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm dropping some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to on the show, and I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sick questions. All right, so that does it for the Thursday night preview. Um, looking like a pretty heavy late night slate. So, um, you know, heavy Pac-12, few Big Ten games, some few mid-majors in action. Should be a pretty fun one. Like I said, fairly tough to find value, but I do believe we have some names that we can do that with now. So best of luck to everybody in all your DFS endeavors. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.